welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, as always, Tony Defio. And if you were watching uh, uh, part one live on YouTube or Facebook, thank you for sticking with me. If you were, if you downloaded part one on an audio platform, and you and you decided to uh, download part two, I thank you for that. So uh, thank you for joining me for part two of tonight's show. And before I continue, I have a $5 super chat from a main man, Ryan O'Toole, who uh, joins the show. And he says, love your articles on a site. Well, thank you, Ryan. I love writing. It's my biggest passion in the world, really. Writing. Even bigger than the Steelers, but it's close. And he says, he continues, I, I re- re- read the articles and try to figure out who wrote them. I guess yours every time. Well, that's really, I really uh, appreciate that because anytime I write a popular article, that gets a lot of uh, traffic. I always get ugly emails. So it's nice to get a $5 compliment. So I, I appreciate that. And, and, and we all thank you for the uh, donation. That's nice of you. Uh, thank you for the kind words. I love I, I love, uh, I love uh, writing and, and I love that again more than anything. So it, it's always nice to hear uh, compliments about that. And uh, who else joins the show? Michael O'Malley, Steelers Pittsburgh. I think that's all the new people. Joe Joe Mannix. That's a, that's a new one. All right. So thank you all for joining me in this part of the show. All right. Owen David. By the way, if you haven't checked out Owen David, he's a uh, he's a, now the the head of the the Britsburg Nation over there in 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 Britain, and he's a. Uh, churning out podcasts uh, on a regular basis. So please check him out. He's a really passionate fan. He really loves the Steelers. He really, he really loves to pr- produce content about them. So you got to check uh, Owen David out on, on Twitter. He's a really, really uh, great fan and, and, and a great part of a uh, part of a uh, Steeler nation and a great part of the show every week. So what, what do I want to talk about next? I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger's emotion at the end of the Cleveland game. And that's, as I wrote about the other day, Ryan mentioned my articles. Uh, right after the Steelers play a game at one o'clock, I always try to run to my computer and, and get a, get my post game thoughts down in article form. And, you know, as, uh, as the, uh, right after Roethlisberger threw through the, um, the uh, incomplete pass into the end zone, sort of the Hail Mary to end, end, end the game in, in a matter of speaking to, to run the clock out. I uh, started walking to my computer, but but as I did, I looked over to Roethlisberger, or back to my TV, and Roethlisberger was just really displaying this really uh, intense emotion, uh, but but positive emotion, and you know, like the, the way he was hugging his teammates and pumping his fists and screaming, you would have thought it was a Super Bowl win or a playoff win, but I think that's that's because that game meant so much to him because the last time he faced the Browns uh, at Heinz field back on January 10th, that playoff game uh, he was seen on the bench crying. He was sitting next to Pouncey and tears were flowing down his, his, his face, his cheeks. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure in that moment, he was not sure if he would come back, if he was coming back for 2021 and he probably knew Pouncey was done. So, and, and of course, he knew that you know a, a promising season, one that started out eleven and zero, just really 
imploded down the stretch, culminating in that loss to the Browns. And he was probably thinking, man, you know, I thought this was going to be a really special year and it just blew up in our faces at the end. Is this it for me? So you, you, you contrast that with, with um, how he looked at the end of, end of that game the other day in Cleveland. And to me, I say this all the time, but I'll say it again. This is why reality, why sports is the greatest reality TV there is. Cause you just never know what's going to happen. But you know, uh, to, to, to think that Roethlisberger was done last year and to have, you know, all those Browns fans, the, the national media people, his detractors from, from all around the country and the world kind of used the image of him crying, Roethlisberger's crying, to use that all off season to kind of like mock him and, and mock the Steelers. And, you know, the Browns thought they had arrived because they won that playoff game. To see all the, to see all that all off season, and you know it was, it was annoying. You know you kind of have to brush that off, but it was annoying to see that all off season. And for him, I'm sure he knew about it too. How could you not? He's a human being. I'm sure he, as much as these guys say that they don't pay attention, you know they pay attention to the outside chatter at least occasionally. So to to, to see that all off season and to have him uh, go in there and yeah, he wasn't the the, the main reason why they won, but he was the quarterback and he made plays and especially at the end, to me, that was so gratifying. And, uh, again, it had to mean so much to him. It had to feel, it had to be a, such a special feeling for him. And, you know, I don't know if he, if this is his last year or not, but it more than likely is. And it was probably, he probably knew it was the last time he was, he was ever going to face them in Cleveland and it kind of was the cherry on top of his dominance over them in Cleveland. And it just speaks volumes about this quote unquote rivalry that, that, that even at the very end, he can go in there and kind of orchestrate a win against a team that thought it was going places in 2020. And again, it still might be going places, but right now it's really struggling I, I just, I just love it. I just, I, that's, that's one of the reasons why I watch sports. I just, I love it. It's, 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 uh, I never fail to be surprised. I always think, all right, I've seen everything. And then, you know, they, they, not that what he did was, uh, had never been done before, but, but it, it was, it was still great to see. And, 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 you know, I, I just can't wait to see how these last 10 games play out for him. And uh, if he has any magnificent performances left in his right arm before he decides to, to hang him up. So I'll, uh, I'll always be appreciative of Ben Roethlisberger and what he's done for this organization uh, the last 18 years. Uh, you know, the, the, the two Super Bowl wins, the, the, the three appearances, uh, the constant um, – them constantly remaining in contention year in, year in and year out, never, them never really being out of it with him as their quarterback. To me, it's it's something that, in many ways, he might be the greatest Steeler that, that, that that's ever suited up for them. So, uh, yeah, let's enjoy Ben while we can. There's might not be that many more games left with him, but but uh, even if he were to retire tomorrow it would still be a magnificent journey uh, 
by him. So those are my thoughts on Ben and what that win meant to him. And I just basically have one more thing I want to talk about before I open things up to questions and comments. And that's the idea of depth, quality depth, and how people spent the entire offseason just wringing their hands and just, you know, over the team's lack of, of quality depth at various positions. You know, and, and in some cases, it wasn't just quality. They, they thought that, that they had no depth, which every team has depth. It's just a matter of the level that you're looking for. So uh, one of the ways that they went about uh, addressing that was by uh, ultimately in July signing Melvin Ingram, the veteran outside linebacker, to be their their top reserve at the position, a guy who could play on either side. And uh, of course, he looked like the the it looked like a great acquisition uh, as far as uh, reserves went. Up until you started hearing rumblings that he wanted to leave, he wanted to trade it because he didn't think he was getting enough playing time. And we we discussed this last week. We discussed it on Monday. Um, so ultimately, he was traded on was it Wednesday or Tuesday. Wednesday, I think, for a sixth-round pick. So all that talk, all offseason, what are they going to do about outside linebacker depth? And that depth lasts seven games. Now Ingram is a member of the Chiefs, and the Steelers have a sixth-round pick for next year. Yippee. Um, I guess if you if you watch Mike Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday, if you heard it, if, or if you read the quotes, he seemed to indicate that he'd much rather go the traditional route that they've that they've gone over the years when it comes to depth, and that's draft people, get them get them in the system, uh, help them develop into something, and and hopefully they could be quality depth while they're developing into a future starter, maybe. Because that's how it used to really be uh, uh, for the Steelers. They would uh, their depth mostly consisted of of draft picks that they were that they were hoping that would develop into future starters. And, and if and if that wasn't their depth, it was a journeyman who knew his role um, and, and was content with that and was a really good solid player when, when he contributed, whether it was, you know, as a backup during games or as a starter when, when, when a player was injured. But it seems like they want they kind of went away from that philosophy seven, eight years ago. They started signing these higher profile veteran players like a Garrett Blunt. Um, and of course, Melvin Ingram sort of signing players like that to be their backups. You know, these former all pro pro bowl players who uh, really couldn't find any suitors in the league uh, as a, as a starting player. So they, they had to, uh, you know, accept the role as a backup. And, you know, you're talking about Ingram being the latest, but before that it was, it was James Harrison a few years ago. And before that, of course it was blunt and they, they all kind of got disgruntled with their playing time and it was an ugly divorce each case 
And to me, I hope they go back to their old way of doing things. And that's, uh, um, I hope, you know, drafting these, these, these uh, players and, and bringing, bringing them in. And yeah, they're unproven, but that's life. You know, a, 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 I, I don't know what, I think it's social media has a big influence on, on this, but somewhere along the way, fans in the media like just started putting pressure on the team from the outside to like, you know, it wasn't just good enough to, to go out and, and like get a journeyman to be a backup center or a backup cornerback or a backup this or that, or, or a draft pick to fill that role. It had to be somebody that had a, a really impressive resume. And to me, that, that just doesn't work because like I talked about last week, like I wrote about the other day, so many of these guys have such, they have huge egos and they just don't want to accept the fact that they have to be a backup. I mean, look at Ingram. I mean, he, he had more of a, uh, he had more snaps than Harrison and Blunt combined. I think, I mean, when, when his, his first six games here before they traded him and it still wasn't good enough for him. He still thought, why well, should be the starter? I, I'm better than Alex Highsmith. And, to me, I think the the perfect backup, the perfect veteran backup player, uh, when, you, when you talk about a guy like that, some uh, somebody that's going to be content with his role, it's a guy like Mike Logan. It's a guy like Tyrone Carter. It's a guy like Arthur Motes. Moel Damore. Remember Moel Damore? I mean, how many valuable reps did he give this franchise over the few years that he was here? Those are the kind of players that I think you should bring in if you're looking for a veteran uh, to, to provide you with uh, quality depth. You know, I think somewhere along the way, uh, uh, the fans in the media, they wanted not just depth, they wanted a, a ironclad insurance policy when it came to the, to the backups on, 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 on the Steelers, any, any NFL team, really. They wanted somebody that was quote-unquote starter capable. And when they say starter capable, they mean Pro Bowl capable, come in and when, when, when he takes over uh, for the uh, for, for the, the injured uh, starter, you don't miss a beat. Well, that's just not how it usually works in the NFL. Life in the NFL is much more difficult than that. And uh, with the salary cap being what it is, um, unrestricted free agency, it, it's hard to have that kind of depth. You know, I think again to repeat they should get back to their, to their old ways of, of developing players and while they're uh, backups and not bringing these uh, veterans and these uh, former Pro Bowl players to be your backups I, I just don't think that's the way to go that's my opinion I know a lot of people don't agree with me I know next offseason there's gonna be there's gonna be fans clamoring for this veteran or that veteran uh to come in and and be a, a a quality reserve and you know to me i hope they abandoned that philosophy once and for all so those are my thoughts for tonight i will now open things up to some questions and comments before i call it a night let's see what we have here Well, what do we what do we got here?
haven't seen any uh, quality uh, comments yet that would uh, buck the interests of Taco Charlton, who's now presumably the top backup at outside linebacker. They promoted him to the 53-man roster after initially signing him to the practice squad. He says, Taco is another Jarvis Jones. Well, even if he is, uh, Buck Dancer, uh, to kind of reinforce what I already said, well, that's okay because he's a backup. And when you're talking about a, a reserve player to come in and give you decent reps, whether it's uh, you know as a rotational player during a game or as a starter because of injury, then I think you're th- you're thinking of a player of that, of, of, you know, of an Anthony Ciccolo caliber caliber kind of player, somebody who can be adequate, but it's probably not going to be a a a, a difference maker when, when he's in there. So, if Taco Charlton's just Jarvis Jones, well, that's okay because if Jarvis Jones was like a fifth round pick who had the career that he did as a backup, people wouldn't have people would probably would have liked him better, you know. So if that's all Taco is, then that's fine. All right. And Rajon39 says he thinks Taco might blossom. Well, I guess we'll see. But again, I you know, I think I, I like uh I like where they're at with their starting outside linebackers. I like Alex Highsmith a lot. And of course TJ Watts, TJ Watts. So and Mark Tobin says, Will ha- Highsmith get laid back, meaning will he get complacent because there is no Ingram caliber guy pushing him? No, he will not get complacent because that guy has a motor motor that never stops. If you, when, when you read everything you, you, you read about the guy coming out of college, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was a walk on at Charlotte, not a walk on at USC or, or um, uh, Notre Dame. He was a walk on at Charlotte, you know, and then he, he became the star of the team eventually. So that to, to me, that shows a guy who's incredibly determined uh, to be the best he can be, and he doesn't need anybody to push him. He's a self-motivator. He has a motor that never quits. So Alex Highsmith, I don't care if it's me as the backup. He's not gonna. He's not gonna get, get complacent. He's gonna still try to be the best player he can possibly be. So no, I'm not worried about Alex Highsmith's motor and motivation at all. And Michael O'Malley asked, Tony, what do you really think the Bears have for the Steelers this week? Do you think this game could be a game we get rolling? Yes, I do. Although I think the Bears have a, a good defense. Obviously, they have Khalil Mack, who is a difference maker. But I think Justin Fields, you know, with their history against rookie quarterbacks, and he's been struggling, uh, you know, obviously he's very mobile, and he can hurt them that way. But they've had a lot of practice over the years. Uh, practicing for and playing against Lamar Jackson. So I think they're, they're more than capable of, of shutting down a quarterback like him. And he's certainly, at least up to this point, hasn't proven that he's nearly the player that Jackson is. So, um, you know, if they can just keep him one dimensional, then, you know, and, and take away the run and just uh, force him to pass. I think it'll be a, a great night for the Steelers. Uh, so yeah, Justin Fields is really struggling. And I think this is, time that the Steelers defense makes life miserable for him. And Steelchick 46 says Mac hasn't practiced yet. Maybe, maybe he won't play. Well, if he doesn't play, well, that's a, a, another, uh, 
Another reason why Pittsburgh should uh, have a, an easy night on Monday. <clears throat> and Russ Oberstein says he thinks that Najee Harris will have his best rushing game. Uh, we well, already had 122 yards, I think, against the Broncos, Russ. So 120, but that, that would still be pretty good, even 120. But I think I think he's going to have a lot of 120 games in his in his future. Steeler Pittsburgh says that Cam and TJ Watt will be chasing Justin Fields all night. I, I, I kind of think you're right. Uh, Monka S says, do you want Big Ben back next year? Honestly, I mean, unless his play improves dramatically from now until the end of the season, uh, like if he shows, obviously he's never going to be what he was in 2014, 2015, that kind of player, but unless he improves uh, dramatically over what we've seen since like the middle of last year. No, I, I think it's time to move on. You know, it doesn't mean they can't be good this year, but I think, you know, Tom Brady and maybe to a lesser extent, Aaron Rodgers now with, with, with his MVP performance last year, I think those guys have really skewed the perception of what a quarterback can be into his late thirties and early forties. I think more often than not, those guys kind of hit a wall at a certain age. And I think it's, it, you have to move on. Um, you know, Tom Brady's a freak of nature. And as far as Aaron Rodgers, he's not even 38 years old yet. So, I mean, he might fall off the cliff before his 40th. We saw it with Peyton Manning, Eli kind of fell off the cliff, Drew Brees. So, you know, I think, I think it's, 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 it's time that they, that they, again, unless they go on one, heck of a run and he has a heck of a resurgence um and i think it's time to move on next year so no i don't really want him back as of right now but you know times can change opinions can change all right george Teston says brady was pampered by the by the nfl and the rest well i mean most big time quarterbacks have been throughout the years, but I, I don't think, I mean, pampered or not Brady's it's hard to, to deny the exceptional career that Brady's had. Uh, he's pr- maybe the best ever and he's still playing at a high level. He's still throwing it, throwing the ball exceptionally well. I don't know how he does it, but you know, it's, 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 uh, it's probably a once in a century kind of a player. That's what he is right now. And Owen David asks Tony, where did, where did I go? Uh, here we are. Tony, do you think Steelers should draft a rookie quarterback or go for a vet? And which vet? I think they should go for a rookie. That's my opinion. I think that's how you do it. You know, they, they have a pretty good team. They're, they're, they're building a pretty good team. They're young uh, on both sides of the ball now. You know, so I think you bring a you you bring a a, a rookie in. And you let him grow with the rest of the team, a la Big Ben with the Steelers in 04 and 05 and 06, those years. I think that's how you do it. Now, if they were going to bring a vet in, oh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, people keep, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers, but he seems like he's such a a handful. I mean, as much as people talk about Ben being a diva, and he certainly is, and he certainly has had his issues over the years, uh, what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now, these last this this year alone, I, I don't know if you want that 
on your team. And I love Aaron Rodgers. I'm a big fan, but just everything involved, everything about the guy right now just screams big, massive headache. And I don't know if you want to take that on. Um, other than him, I mean, there's there's any number of, of vets out there. I mean, I like Teddy Bridgewater a lot. Um, I don't know. I can't really think of anybody that would blow my socks off if they brought him in here, you know, other than, you know, somebody that, they, that would, you know, I don't know. I really, you know, Jameis Winston, but he, I guess he's injured now. Uh, so other than Teddy Bridgewater, I really can't think of anybody that would, that I, I think could come in here and, 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 and help this team. Uh, but to me, I would go with a, a, a rookie, but it all depends on where they're drafting and, and who's available and, and, and if it's worth drafting a quarterback at that point. And I'll just, I'll just, uh, Monica S says, should the Steelers trade for Rodgers? No, I don't think they should. Because, uh, first of all, even if he was like the model citizen, it's just going to cost too much in terms of draft picks and the salary they're, they're going to have to take on next year. Because don't forget, well, obviously you said, should they trade for him? Uh, he's going to command a big salary next year. That plus the drama that he's going to potentially bring here, the diva attitude, the, the my way or the highway, way he goes about things. I mean, that's not going to change just because he comes to Pittsburgh. You know, he's used to being that way. And the more I, the more I, I, I watch Rogers and his demeanor and the way he goes about business, it, it maybe it's not a surprise that he lasted as long as he did in the uh, what was it, the 05 draft. Because really, I mean, you look at his talent; he should have been the number one pick in that draft and not Alex Smith. But, uh, you, know, you know, there's a great uh, show. Uh, it's on YouTube, I guess. Uh, what they call it? The, uh, I forget the name of the show, but they, they chronicle so many previous drafts and, and then they talk, they, they chronicle that year and how, how Rogers fell. And so suspiciously, almost mysteriously, why did he drop? And yes, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, that, there, that, that, Many teams did not need quarterbacks after they after the uh, who was it that drafted Smith? Was it the 49 Yeah, after the 49ers drafted Smith. But still, you know, for a guy as as talented as Rodgers to to go from possibly possibly being the number one overall pick to falling into the twenties, to me that that just screams uh, character issues. So, uh, no, I don't, I don't think they should trade for Rodgers next year. Ah, there's one. Thank you, George. I couldn't think of, I, could, I was trying to rack my brains. Russell Wilson. There's somebody I would bring in. He's a good guy, good teammate. I'm sure he has his diva tendencies. All quarterbacks do, but he seems like a, a really good guy and he's younger. And, you know, if you put him in next year, uh, provided they, they could get him for a decent enough price. I think the Steelers provided they, they, um, have the same kind of defense and provided their offense continues to, to mainly their offensive line continues to, to improve. I think they would be contenders next year. So. Uh, 
Ah, Russ Oberstein says I would give up the next two first rounders for Wilson. I mean, that's probably what it's going to cost. Somewhere along, something uh, similar anyway. Kyle Johnson asks, if Ben doesn't want to move on and the the Steelers do, does he still retire a Steeler? My gut tells me he would retire because he has, you know, obviously he's married and he has three kids. Um, Yeah, I don't see him. It wouldn't, it wouldn't ruin his legacy as a Steeler at all, but I don't, I just don't see him moving on. I mean, you, you hear what he, how he talks. He doesn't really go anywhere. He's a homebody now, you know, his whole life outside of football is his family and kids. I, I don't see, I don't see him uprooting his family uh, as young as they all are. I mean, his kids are all, I think his oldest is what, nine or not even nine. So yeah, I don't see him uprooting his family just to play. I mean, you never say never. I mean, like I always say, once these guys retire, they can't, it, you know, it's not like any other profession. Once you retire as a professional athlete, you know, you can't just pick it up 10 years later and do it again. So, but I, I just don't see it. I, I think once he's done, he's done. He's made all the money he's ever going to want. The only thing that would possibly motivate him to come back would be the, you know, a, a burning desire to keep playing. And I just, I just don't see him wanting to do that outside of Pittsburgh. So, yeah, I think if they decide that, that, that they want to move on more than he does, I think he'll, he'll begrudgingly retire like Troy, like Heinz Ward, uh, so many others in the past. Michael O'Malley says Mason Rudolph will play when Ben retires. That that might be the plan. I mean, they signed him for one more year. Uh, by a lot of accounts, they really seem to like him as an organization. And maybe they want to, you know, from an egotistical standpoint, maybe they want to justify that quote-unquote first-round grade they said they had on him. And in fact, they moved up in the third round to draft him back in 2018. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I guess we'll have to wait wait and see on that one. Clarence Washington says, Pickett will look good in black and gold, meaning Kenny Pickett, the University of Pittsburgh's quarterback, a guy who has really done wonders for his draft stock and might not be available uh, when the Steelers pick next year. That's how much his draft stock has risen. He might be a top five pick. You never, you know, you never know with these quarterbacks. You know, uh, so many of these quarterbacks are drafted based on need and, and not necessarily overall talent. And you know, if he's like a, a top thirty talent coming into the draft, he might get drafted fifth in a top five because of of need and because of of the constant uh, need at that at that position in the NFL. So, but yeah, Kenny Pickett, I'm really excited about him. And yeah, Pitt stumbled last week, week against Miami, but. I'm really looking forward to see what, what he can do over, over the next, what is it? Where are they? Six and two next math, five games, six games, whatever it is. Uh, and of course in the bowl, in the bowl game. So on that note at the nine fifty three mark, I think I will call it a night. It's a fun show. A lot of great interaction. And I appreciate you guys as always. And, uh, I hope you have fun watching Monday night's game. I anticipate a, a, a good Steelers victory. 
maybe I should pay attention more to the, to the Bears uh, injury wire. But if Khalil Mack doesn't play, that that I think bodes even better for a, a Steeler victory. But I think it's going to be a a comfortable win. Famous last words. But at, at any rate, I hope you guys enjoy it. And until I talk to you on the Hangover with Brian and Shannon. You all have a great weekend and go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.